Our scripture reading today comes from the very end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing each fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. We have been working through a series about the greatest comeback, and it's been this Easter season about Jesus' comeback from death uh, through resurrection. Um, but the way that that story invites all of us to go along that path with him, uh, that we are all invited into resurrection, we are all invited uh, like, like Thomas to go from doubt to faith. Uh, we're all called to be like uh, Peter who goes from uh, denying Christ uh, to being faithful. We're all called to be like Paul who, who was violent and persecuted the church, uh, who then is transformed and is vulnerable and becomes an apostle sent out to, to lift up the very church that he persecuted. We are all invited on that story, and, and today's message, we're going to talk about the big picture uh, that the Bible is, which is the, the bringing back of people to God and the bringing back of everyone to each other. And so the return from exile uh, is our topic today. And I realize that that topic stands out a little bit different in a year like this year. Uh, we have had a year of plenty of separation, right? Uh, that no matter what, we've experienced some loss, some distance, uh, some, some isolation, some loneliness, and we probably can encounter texts about return, about a reunion, about uh, coming back from exile in a very different way after a year like this last year. And it, it's not really just about a pandemic, though, just about separation and that loneliness. Uh, you might have experienced that prior to the pandemic, you might have experienced that new in the midst of it uh, with the loss of loved ones, uh, when you miss that person so much uh, that it doesn't matter how many years has gone by, uh, that, that tenderness, that, that connection to them is just as strong and, and you long to be reunited. Uh, that's especially noticeable on a day like today that kind of sits on the calendar where we get to celebrate mothers. And if you are a mother, if, you, if your mother's still around, you have maybe joyful meals if you can get together. But uh, for many people who've lost a mother or who've lost a child, that, uh, who have lost even just the relationship with a mother or with a child, um, there's a lot of pain because you long, what would it be like to have that restored, to be renewed, to be brought back together? And yet most of us, many of us live in the midst of the pain of, of not being in that full harmony, not being so close uh, as we would like to be with those we love. And, and maybe uh, this season has been one in which God has felt far off uh, and you've felt distanced from God or from church. And, and many people who uh, have never kind of been away from church buildings for such a long time, uh, there was a loss and a feeling of of can I connect to God in the same way at a, at a different kind of 
spot than normal. And so we've all experienced some loss and some separation. And I think it's worth knowing that the Bible's like overarching story is about separation and reunion. Uh, We might not think about exile being the primary story and the return from it as the primary hope of the entire Bible. Uh, But there's a a fullness to this picture in the Bible. Uh, The very first stories of Genesis are obviously stories about living in harmony with God and with each other, walking with God in a garden, and eventually disobeying God and being pushed out of that garden and longing to return to uh, that closeness of relationship, not only with with God, but also with each other. Uh, That Adam and Eve in the garden experienced separation from each other too, and there's this longing for healing. And the story uh, continues throughout the Bible. One of the things that I find really interesting is, and, and something that you probably haven't spent a lot of time thinking about, is why are the books of the Bible in the order that they are? Uh, because early, early Jewish and Christian uh, communities of faith would not have had the easy bound Bible that comes with having a book. Uh, when you have scrolls and you got collections of scrolls, you might just kind of have a collection sitting there, and, and you don't necessarily know which scroll should go before the other one. And so it's a later kind of thought process to wonder, how do I put these books in order? And so different Christian groups ordered them in different kinds of ways. Uh, Jewish communities of faith ordered theirs in different kinds of ways as well. And so what we call the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, uh, it has a different order in the Jewish faith than it does for most Christians when you open up your Old Testament. Uh, The Old Testament in uh, Jewish communities, uh, that Hebrew Bible ends with First and Second Chronicles. And you might be like, what on earth is in First and Second Chronicles? Uh, it's not a book that we necessarily read all of the time in our, in our Christian communities. It's a retelling of a lot of Israel's history. And so like what you got in First and Second Kings and First and Second Samuel gets retold uh, from a new angle. But what happens when you tell the story where you begin with Genesis and you close with Second Chronicles is Second Chronicles, the people of Israel have been living in exile in Babylon. So they've been living throughout the Mediterranean. They've been separated from home. And the story of Second Chronicles ends with uh, the Persian king declaring, you can go home. Go build your temple. Go back home. And so by bracketing their Bible with uh, this story of walking in the garden with God and then being separated, and closing it with go back home and go build your temple to God, uh, you can return, uh, it becomes a full story of, of how do I return back to God? And that story is filled with a lot of turns uh, that, that are painful moments when, we've, when we get separated, when we get cut off. Uh, every place when we think about sin of you know, why Judah and Israel end up as separate kingdoms, why uh, we lose and why we fall apart and why we have broken relationships and why are the Samaritans and the Jews um, not getting, to, getting along like they maybe would like to. Um, all of that story is the messiness of life in between the hope for restoration and return from exile. Now, the Christian Bible doesn't go um, in that same order with ending in Second Chronicles. We end uh, with a minor prophet text with Malachi, and it's a text that's last chapter is about uh, that Elijah will come back and lead people back towards God. And that was seen as a very nice entry point 
to talking about John the Baptist and the ministry coming before Jesus. And so, uh, from the Christian canonical order, uh, we get led right into the New Testament, right into the proclamation of, of good news through Jesus. And the story of the New Testament is also a story of bringing people back together. Uh, I don't know how, um, how we can fully appreciate uh, the incarnation, uh, the view that, that God becomes flesh and dwells among us. It doesn't get more reunion than that of God wanting to not only just look from afar, but experience and be in the midst of us. And I don't know about you, but I think we have a lot of love for the created world around us. Many of you probably have pets that you love dearly. How many of you want to become like that pet, though, right? Like, uh, there's a difference of, like, I just want to go walk around as a dog. Like, that doesn't sound as appealing. Uh, We don't necessarily want to identify that fully with the world around us that we love, that we care for. But, like, what is it for God to say, I want to become uh, one of you, and I want to walk with you, and I want to show you what life is like. And that, that closeness, that proximity of the incarnation and of the good news. And that story leads us to the sad part where we, we saw in Holy Week, in which our human response to good news and to love is often to push it away, to not trust it, uh, to, to doubt it, to try to stomp it out. And so... So humans and, and, and people like us pushed away God and, and crucified Jesus on the cross. And the good news of Easter became that you can't push God away, uh, that God can come back, that Jesus can be resurrected, that God can be re- uh, in the midst of the pain but not overcome by it, and that we all can be in the midst of that pain and not over, be overcome by it. And so Easter becomes this picture and this story that no matter how much separation already exists, no matter how much separation we try to push on to God, God will continue to love and continue to bring life and continue to restore and bring us together. And so that, that gospel story of resurrection that we read from Easter uh, is the season that we are living in right now. Uh, and that story goes on because you might wonder of like, Okay, if we're brought together, that feels like a highlight. Why can't we just stay there? And so then the Christian story moves on to an ascension and Jesus uh, going to the Father. And you're like, I kind of want Jesus to stay. And I'm sure there's a lot of wrestling theologically. Well, why is Jesus not with us right now? And so Matthew's gospel, if you want to think about bookends, Matthew's gospel began with uh, proclaiming that Jesus is with us, that God is with us, Emmanuel. And then it closes with, Jesus saying to his disciples, I will be with you always to the end. And so there's this faith, this hope that no matter how distant God might feel in whatever moment you're in, that God is always with you. And so we live in the tension in in the midst of, of living like we're often in exile, feeling like we're cut off from each other, from God. But how do we have faith that God is with us so very close And so we live in that season. But I think that Christianity often has given us uh, an image, it's not all forms of it, but certain expressions of Christianity has given us this image that what's our hope in the midst of this season, in the midst of wishing Jesus was with us? For many of us, we've inherited a theology that we need to escape 
this world. We need to get out of this world. That that's the Christian hope, is that we get to leave this world behind. And there's little verses here and there that might contribute into that expression. There's certainly a lot of, of, of hymns over the years that have built into that expression. Uh, but this, I want to get out of this world, I want to go uh, to my home, uh, is, a, is a desire of many Christians. Uh, and I love that the book of Revelation has a very different picture. Uh, we, we kind of end up, as we hope to escape this world, we end up fueling the separation that we don't want to actually see the restoration and the healing of this world, of this place. Uh, but the book of Revelation has a different image, that, that the new Jerusalem is God's city come down, that heaven comes down to earth, that the city is not like, let's leave but that God's kingdom becomes fully present here. And that's what seems radical, and that's what seems like impossible to many eyes. Like how could this world be renewed? How could this world be restored? How could new creation happen here? It's a lot easier to just assume I, I need a ticket off this place. It's a whole lot more, more difficult to imagine God's picture of that this world can be renewed and be healed. And so in the story uh, that we read from our Revelation 22, God has renewed the world. New Jerusalem is reigning. God's presence is not off in a distance, but present. That there's not even a temple anymore because God's presence is just so fully everywhere. And that uh, there's no more night or darkness because God's light is just always present. And another verse uh, in Revelation talks about no more sea, no more chaos, no more... Uh, I always kind of note, uh, if you love going out on, the, on a boat, uh, it's not about no more sea as in bad boating, um, but sea was the place of chaos, of monsters. And this revelation imagery is one in which chaos is, is, is gone and harmony reigns and God's life is present and that there's no more things to fear. And so God's, God's kingdom uh, comes down and we pray every week, you know, God, your will be done your kingdom, you know, instead of ours. And, and here's this revelation image of God's kingdom fully here. And in that picture, uh, something that might be subtle that you might not notice is that uh, the tree of life, which we got in Genesis, is suddenly in this scene in Revelation. Uh, when we last saw the tree of life in the story, the tree of life is in Eden in this paradise, and humans had to kind of leave it behind. And for many people, the Christian hope is a return, like let's just go back uh, to the garden. But Revelation is an image in which God makes this urban garden. He's got this new Jerusalem, and in the midst of this new Jerusalem, there's this tree of life that comes out that is bringing life and healing to everyone. And what is it that God uh, doesn't just want to like wipe away all of your story, all of human stories, all of civilization? But in the midst of this new city life, that it can be renewed and restored and healed, and that God might bring life in the midst of that. Not a rejection of all of your lives and stories, but God can work in the midst of that story and bring healing and life. And we see this tree, that this tree of life that has fruit that it's giving in each season, uh, that there's no season in which there's this hunger, but we are all sustained throughout all time. Uh, and that even the leaves are for healing. 
And I realize we have used trees for all sorts of ugly, evil things. Obviously, in the Christian tradition, you can't help but look at a cross and say, we've used wood from trees to crucify, to exterminate. Think about electric chairs. You know, we, we use trees to kill. Uh, we use trees for battering rams or, or for uh, slave boats or for uh, making books that produce hate. But what is it that God brings a tree that brings life? And that brings healing. I know many of us, we want to imagine that that healing is just only this private experience of like, that the whole Christian message is, you can feel comfortable. Uh, but this healing, it says in, the, in Revelation 22, is about the healing of all nations. That that healing is meant for everyone. And that's where our hope is, is that our restoration, our return from exile is not simply, I get to go home, I get to go back to God but that everyone gets to come back together before God, that we all have the opportunity for healing. And so this text is an invitation for the return from exile, from the return from brokenness. For many of us, that, that's a personal thing that we have to work on. Um, that I'm sure that there's probably someone in your life that you wish that relationship was stronger with. There's someone that you feel distanced uh, from. Maybe you've never had a relationship with that person. Uh, and for, for those who feel like they've never had that relationship with a parent, uh, that, that's a painful uh, thing to bear with you for so long. What is it to have that hope that you can uh, be restored and renewed to those people who feel so distant? Uh, what is it to feel like you can have a hope for that relationship again? Uh, there's been so many people who felt distant just through the effects of, of this last year. Uh, what is it to hope to have those relationships be present with one another? What is it to have hope that you might get the joy of, of hugging a, a friend, a loved one, of, of holding and being close to one another? Uh, there's hope that we all get to come back from exile. And that hope, I think, uh, sometimes we abstract that to just imagining of like, you know, a spiritual hope of getting relationships, but there's that physical dimension to it. Uh, there's a reason why Revelation ends with an imagined space for healing, that it needs a place, that a new Jerusalem needs to emerge, that a new place where you can be healed and, and live in harmony with God and each other. Uh, we need real places for that healing. Uh, for some of us, it, it starts with uh, our homes should be a place of healing, a place of connection, of restoration. And it is a, a stressful, anxiety-ridden uh, space to be in when your home is not safe, when your home is not a place of healing. And God's desire and hope for our lives is that our homes would be places of healing and places of safety and connection. It's also beyond our homes that we would have spaces where we work, uh, where we have healing and connection. You know, Adam's job in the garden was a job, but it wasn't meant to be a job that was, uh, was gruesome and just terrible and challenging and painful and awful, that you hated going to work, but that you were put into a garden, in an idyllic 
a place where you cultivate and where you work with your hands and you get the fruit of your labor. Uh, and we are in hope of a space where we get to work in safety uh, and in healing and in good relationship with, our, with those who work around us. We hope that the church is a little glimmering space, a, a place in the midst of chaos for people's lives, that it is a space where people can experience that life, that, restoral, that restoration, that renewal, that return from exile together. No matter what you're going through at home, no matter what you're going through at work, no matter where you are in life, that the church would be a place where God's kingdom is actually being lived out here. That we're not simply just buying time and waiting to get to God's kingdom, but like God's kingdom has a hold and is, is already being lived out in our midst. And what would it be like for people to actually see churches as there's New Jerusalem, there's, there's a place where light is happening, and not the gloom and the stories of darkness where our, our failings and our falling short become the news lines. But what is it if people saw that hope, that revelation imagery of, of life, of people being brought together, as what the church characteristically is? And I know for so many people who've longed to be in, in the space of church buildings in that, this last year, like what is it to enter into a space and to see visible signs of God's reign, of God's kingdom, of God's life? What is it to experience healing? Uh, what is it that our places of, of worship, that our spaces might be healing for all nations? Like if that was our, our desire that it wasn't just, I hoped I get healed today, but I hope all the nations might find God's love in this place today. But church isn't just a building of extending that, that space for healing of New Jerusalem. We are a community, we are a people who is that church bringing those glimmers to people in our lives. Uh, remember that Revelation 22 imagery, there, the, you know, there's no temple in that Revelation 22 imagery anymore. God's presence is just felt, is just everywhere. So it doesn't matter if we are in this space or if we are outside of this space, you have the opportunity to show people little glimpses of what God's kingdom is like in this world. You have the opportunity to show people what healing is like. You have the opportunity to restore relationships, to, to bring life where it feels like despair is ruling. And we hope that we can be about showing that revelation hope here and now. And it's not just about getting out of this place, it's about renewing and restoring all of us and all of this place. And so I, you know, I, for those of you who know me, I, I love movies. Uh, I can't help it. I love movies. I, I love stories. Uh, it's why, a part of what drew me in so much uh, passion to study the Bible is just loving hearing the stories of the faithful community of God and, and also those who were not always faithful in the community of God and hearing their stories. Uh, there was a movie that came out in 2019 pre-pandemic. Uh, a lot of the movies came out pre-pandemic. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil too much. That's what you always struggle with, telling stories. Um, but there's a story about Ad Astra as the title, Brad Pitt's the main actor, uh, and he's an astronaut. He's an astronaut going into outer space uh, to meet up with 
uh, his father. His father had a mission, I can't remember, 20, 30 years earlier. And the mission was to see if there was other life out there in the universe. So they were going out to further parts of the solar system to set up some sort of, you know, equipment to listen in. Are there other forms of life out there? And so his father left his family behind to go on this quest. This, the station is, uh, let's say it's becoming volatile and it's affecting Earth. So Earth wants to send somebody out to go fix the problem. And so Brad Pitt's character is going on this trip uh, with somewhat of the intention to save Earth, somewhat of the intention to fix the problem, but the human story of fixing the relationship, of where's dad? And that story becomes one of, of when you search so far for life outside you, uh, what happens when you neglect the people in your life? What happens when you neglect the people who are around you? Uh, and so, so many of us, uh, we are going on pursuits of, I would love to know some sort of spiritual truth. I just want to know something about God. And we go about that in this isolated way of, I, I just want to know God a little bit better. And maybe we've neglected our neighbors around us. Maybe we've neglected the church. We've neglected the community. We've neglected our enemies, which is sometimes hard to hear. But you can get so focused on, I wonder if there's life elsewhere that you forget about the life here and now. And so I want to invite you to be explorers of the life that God has given you here, uh, that you might cultivate the relationships that you have uh, been blessed with, what, those same relationships that maybe you feel like you've been cursed with, that there are some people in your life that you struggle to love, uh, that are opportunities for you to learn how to love. And so maybe we might join with God uh, who decided to, to take on what it is to be human to become one of us. Maybe we might choose to become one of, of whatever situation, whatever experience that you're in the midst of, instead of escaping it, to identify with it, to hope to bring healing where God is bringing healing there. And to choose to be about the mission that God has given us as the church to bring about the transformation of this world through teaching, through faithfulness, through baptism, through hope, uh, through love. And so I just want you to hear uh, the words that actually end Revelation today. That in the midst of this journey, in the midst of this work, in the midst of this healing, uh, that you don't feel alone, that you don't feel cut off in this work. Uh, but I love that the closing words of our Christian uh, Bible are this. The one who testifies, it's talking about Jesus. Uh, the, the book of Revelation is not the apocalypse of John, it's the apocalypse of Jesus, uh, as John writes it. The one who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. If you can imagine what it's like to be a community who feels cut off from God, who's feeling persecuted, who feels like the empire is against them. John closes this book saying, Jesus, the one who testifies to these things, says, surely I am coming soon. And John says, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. As you wait for the full restoration, for the full renewal of all things, as we continue to say, Lord, make your kingdom present here and now. Come soon, Lord. May grace be felt 
May God's love be felt with you here and now. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we, we know and, and we proclaim that you are with us, but Lord, we, we pray that you might give us the ability to sense and to experience your presence in our midst. Lord, we ask that you would bring awareness of, of where you're bringing healing, that we might not run from, uh, from conflict or run from the things that look like they are falling apart, uh, but that we might uh, bring your healing touch uh, to this world around us. Lord, for, for those of us who feel like we've been on the run, that we've been the ones running away or pushing you away, Lord, we ask that you would bring a sense of peace and comfort and hope that comes with turning to you. Lord, help us to be uh, gracious with others around us when they fall short, when they push us away, recognizing that we have often pushed you away and others away. Lord, for all who feel empty or isolated or alone, we ask that you might bring not only your presence, but that you might bring community where there is isolation. Lord, we long for the day where your kingdom is fully lived out in our midst. Let it come soon. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.